Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Jesse Moore, and welcome to Icon Leadership Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to season two of the Icon Leadership Podcast. We're so grateful to have you guys for an audience. Uh, Icon Leadership would really appreciate, you know, if you guys would follow, like, and share our podcast. Also, leave us a comment and let us know how we're doing. If there's something else you want to hear, you know, let us know. You know, we'll see if I can uh, get the content for you. Today on the show, we have a young man who has uh, over 31 years of leadership. He's been involved in retail management, restaurant management with several big organizations, and he also has owned his own restaurant. Please uh, welcome Mr. Ken Frills. How you doing, Ken? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Tell me a little bit of something about yourself. Well, of course, you know, I grew up in a small town of, you know, Evergreen. and No. Uh, <laughs> 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 yes, yes, yes. Um, Good old Evergreen. And, yes. And, uh, you know, my mom brought me to the land of opportunity. And one of the things that I knew that I was going to be a leader, when my stepdad uh, worked at a dealership and he asked me to move uh, a row of cars and they were all stick shifts and I couldn't drive stick shifts. And at that moment, I decided that if I can't work for my stepdad, you know, I wanted to be the leader. Um, and from that moment on at 18, you know, I just, you know, that was my my goal to look for a leader, leadership job pretty much. Right, right. I hear you. Yeah. So tell me about your, you know, your 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 journey on this leadership. Oh, man. Um you know, at 18, I uh, I started out at, at at Popeyes, and at 18, I was a dishwasher. Well, uh, I wanted to do more. I wanted to be the batter guy. I wanted to be the fill bagger guy. I definitely seemed an interest in the drive-through area and how I could make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and still today, they're still doing the same thing that I'm I'm totally against, and that's moving up cards. Um, you you should have it ready, and from there. Uh, I had the opportunity of being an assistant manager for a, an old clothing line called Duckhead. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And from there, you know, it, it kind of excelled. I worked for uh, Chelsea uh, Catering, which was a part of Continental Airlines, which is now United Airlines. Mm-hmm. And I was just so intrigued on the business. And um, so I asked. Uh, my supervisor, hey, what's what's another position I can do? Oh, you you can't do that. I go, listen, let me do the position for a pay period, and if you don't like me or I can't do it, you didn't lose because you didn't pay me. Right. Oh, so, wow. so I was able to you know to do that and uh, work for Continental Airlines, and you know my. My journey began in Houston, and then I went to Atlanta. Then I went to New York. 
Then I flew all the way over to Portland, Oregon. And by Friday, I was back home. So I was able to do that. And of course, uh, you know, other things, working for other businesses. Uh, uh, then one day I said, hold on. Why am I working for other people? And I have this. So I brought an old, stinky restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, paid $15,000 for it. The first Saturday and Sunday, we only made $35. And I was like, wow. And the wife <laughs> looked at me and she, she was like, well, what are you going to do? I go, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to close it down for about three weeks. I'm going to remodel it. And upon that, we remodeled it. Uh, and I played country music and Christian on Sunday. Well, the Christian music outweighed the country music for us to play it every day. And we became known at Uncle Wanky for the Christian music and, you know, always having a, 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 a huge, yeah. you know, uh, client base that came in. Right. Um, and, you know, shortly after that, you know, right before COVID, uh, I closed and uh, went back to work. And I worked for the Denny's uh, franchise, which is crazy. There's no time off. Right. But they have a lot of learning experience to do because of the prior lawsuits. Right. Uh, Absolutely. That, that, that they've had. And uh, that was a... a very interesting journey uh, there as well. Wow, wow. So, assistant manager for Duckhead. Man, I forgot all about Duckhead. Man, I used to love Duckhead, man. Man, yes, that was, they're khakis. That, yep, that was the clothing <laughs> brand, khakis and polos. Yeah. Oh, man, that yep. was awesome, man. I thought I was the man back then. <laughs> <laughs> Some starch on those khaki Duckheads, man. I am good. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, man, what? So, so, so you were you started out at Popeyes, and then you came to be a um, you became a um, assistant manager for Duckheads. Tell me about that. How do you deal with, you know, your your staff? With the, uh, I'm sorry, say uh, that again. With your being assistant manager, how do you deal with your staff? You know, how do you get your staff to okay. buy in? Well, you know, back then I, I was really and truly young and I was following, you know, what my boss, the district manager, the regional manager was saying. Mm -hmm. um, and in that moment, you know, I definitely wanted to have a different style of management. I didn't want, you know, as a manager, your name means a lot. Absolutely. Uh, and I didn't want that. You know, uh, people come in late, you turn around and you send them home. Well, in between home and work, what transpired, what happened? It could have been an accident. You know, they could have had a flat tire and they really need the money. Right. So I didn't want to be that type of leader. I wanted to be a leader amongst leaders. Wow. Um, and, you know, every single employment that I had, even in my own business, you can't be a leader if you can't get in the trenches and work with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, you have to do things that for your employees that they appreciate you more. 
Right. You know, they want, if you leave that company, they want to follow you right. because you know, uh, they know what type of boss you are. Right. And um, so I learned a lot in the first portion uh, of my career in the first five years on, you know, who I wanted to be, what type of leader I wanted to be. Right. Right. So yeah. what are the most important characteristics, you know, of being a leader? What do you think? So, so definitely your integrity, mm. uh, how you discipline, you know, and, um, <laughs> here's the thing. Rules are rules. You can't break the rules, but you can also bend the rules a little in order to get your your employees, your managers to get on board with your style of management. Right. You're not breaking them. You're bending them to fit what, you know, each and every store, you right. know. Uh, currently, I work for Spirit Center Halloween. Um and, you know, on the north side of town may be different from the east side of town. Those rules on the north side may not apply on the east side of town. Right. So you you have to bend them and become that leader when you walk in the building mm -hmm. that they know that you're walking in the building without a backpack, without a computer, not on your phone. And when you walk in there, it, you give them the attention and the love, because at the end of the day, they're really making you look good. Right, right. So tell me, so leading today is not the same as when you were growing up. Do you agree? I, I, I agree. Right. So how does that differ? How does it differ from, from then to now? So... Teenagers, they they are uh, the cream of the crop. Yeah, if I should say. Mm -hmm. um, back then, you know, cell phones wasn't a big thing. Right. It was mainly people calling, you know, the the store, the unit, and you know that was it. It wasn't the simple fact of where we are now with uh, uh, all the social media. So. I think for me, having teenagers and young adults, they were able to hit me with the time, hit me to, you know, the slang text, the slang talk. That way, I was able to communicate with them right. a whole lot better. Sure. Um, so, you know, a phone policy, look, if you want me to take your, your cell phones when you walk in the door, I don't have a problem with doing that, but I think you're responsible enough to not to answer that phone. Or if you get a text message, your mom call or dad calls to step away. Right. And implementing some type of policy like that, instead of saying, if you get on your cell phone and you do blah, 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 I'm going to send you home. Well, you're sending them home. And what are you doing? You're, it's a revolving door. Right. Wow. That's you know, tough. and, and, and somehow you have to stop. Right. So one of one of my managers, which was the director of operations, her philosophy was, oh, if they come in and the first day and they don't have the proper pants and shoes, send them home. Let them know they can't come to work. Well, first off, 
why did we hire him? So I went to the workforce and I said, hey, look, what do you do if someone is getting a job and they don't have the, the pants, the shoes that they need for work? Oh, well, we offer that. So <laughs> I took that step. And so when I hired somebody every single time or my managers, hey, this is what you're going to need. Do you have it? And you nip that problem right there. Right there, that employee knows that, hold on, you care enough about me to say, hey, you can go here and they'll get you, you know, some your pants and your slip-resistant shoes. Right. Right there, you've built a bond with that employee because they know you care. Absolutely. Wow. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good, man. So uh, what mistake do you see leaders make, you know, frequently? Oh, man. Frequently making mistakes is basically, you know, if there's a disagreement, not only with the management staff, but the employees, a lot of times they don't know to separate that from the business. You know, hey, look, you're doing a great job. And I understand you know, uh, we, we had whatever happened today, but can I talk to you in the back? Making sure conversations are private. Yes. Because as a, as a leader, if they catch you not being a leader, they got all the talk in the world. So whatever you built up to become this powerful leader, you turn it down in what a couple of words. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that is extremely important because it'll go throughout everybody and they're like, what? And they don't look at you the same the next day. Right. They don't have the respect yeah. for you. Exactly. They lost respect. Exactly. Yeah. They love respect for you. Tell me about a time that you failed and how you overcame it. So... It would have had to be uh, working for Denny's, and um, it was food costs. Food costs in a truck stop is one of the most hardest things because your uh, your truck orders are mainly meat. <laughs> That's it, meat. Right. And very high than other units, and uh, it was getting a hold hold of it every single week. I was being called out of high food costs and this and that. So I was like, okay, so you want to call me out for food costs and tell me my sales are low and I'm the lowest of, I'm in the top out of 27 stores. I'm in the top bottom five. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I got out, I started going to schools, uh, you know, businesses and, everything else, offering, you know, discounts to get the people in the door. Well, it got them in the door. So, you know, if you have high food costs, what happens when the business comes, the business starts eating up the high food costs and you can balance yourself. So it's just like driving a, uh, you know, a stick shift. Mm -hmm. It has to be right for you to have a smooth takeoff without the jerking. Right. So I was, I was able to do that. And upon leaving that unit, 
they threw me into uh, another unit, which bad area, very bad area, very bad area. And um, I didn't know what to do. Hour away from home. Oh, wow. And I'm like, man, this is, this is, you know, this is coming out there. So I was able to, you know, I, for a week, I watched everybody. I didn't say anything. Uh, you know, I talked. I introduced myself, and I watched everybody. Mm-hmm. The next week, was it was game on. The first thing when I walked in on that Wednesday morning, I moved the host stand back away from the door. That was the key. They wanted that unit to hit $2 million. Mm. That unit was shy. $75,000 from hitting $2 million simply because they had a water leak on the county side or the city side and had to be shut down for four days. Wow. They would have made that money. Wow. So, um, I, no matter where I go, it takes me a week and I implement things slowly to be a good leader because right. people don't like change. We don't like change. No, no, absolutely. No. <laughs> and implementing something and getting feedback from the employees and the managers, that's one of the best things you can ever do because why? They're the ones that are there. They see and, you know, they, they, they want change, but they want change on what they see. So you have to find common ground. Right, right, right. What are the most important values that you demonstrate daily? Oh, man. One of the things is being on time. Yeah. Uh, I believe you you should arrive early. That way you can, you know, even if I don't go to work, I still get up at 5 a.m. every single morning. That is what a leader does. That way I'm able to, whatever personal problems I have, I'm able to take care of them before I go into work. Right. Um, and learning how to be a, a listener because, you know, nowadays we have all these people that come in and, you know, they want to chew you out. Right, right. One of the best, one of the best things is being in control of the conversation. You can't be in control of a conversation if you're constantly interrupting them. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when they stop talking and they're like, okay, I'm done, they will not interrupt you simply because you didn't interrupt them. That's good. And, and you know, it's, it's good customer service. Hey, customer service is Chick-fil-A 24-7. There's a epitome of customer service. You know, you go to every Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Right. And if you have a, an issue with them, they listen. They don't, they become very biased. It's not Chick-fil-A or you. They, they're right there in the middle. Right. And when, they're, and when they're done and they say, okay, not a problem. And they give you whatever. It's always my pleasure, no matter how mad you were. And you walk away and you're like, wow, I mean, I mean, I was the one. <laughs> so a, a lot of times we fail at that. But letting the customer, letting your employees, letting your managers vent it out. And that way, at the end, you have the last say that was more impactable than what they told you. Right. Wow. That's good. 
So how do you how would you describe your leadership style? Oh, hmm. I would say, you know, my leadership, I, I'm still stern. Uh, I treat work like I treat home. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I happen to have to get onto an employee or manager, you know what I do? I tell them, look, I'll do the same for my family because at the end of the day, my job, you can apply for. And that's what you want. Mm-hmm. So I'm more of the stern but uh, laid back. I, you know, for so many times my boss has always told me, you're too lenient. Mm. You know, I, I devised a schedule to where give me your availability, give me your availability, came home for a whole week and crunch everybody's availability right. together to make a schedule. Right. What I found that worked for me was that if they gave me availability, then you have to show up because I didn't give it. You gave it. Right. I did No call out. No call outs at all. Right. So I, I think I, I think I'm effective, but most importantly, I think I'm that people's leader. Right. Right. Yeah. How do you 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 praise? your employees' performance? So, I've worked at companies where they didn't even, you know, praise me on, (laughs) you know, what I've done on on a hundred inspection, you know, from the company, and not only that, from from the city. Um, I love to praise my employees. You know, I always carry gift cards on me. Oh, that's Uh, good. And working in restaurants, you know, they still have to pay for their food. And most of the time it's, hey, you know, hey, here's a free meal on me. Get a free meal. You know, um, in meetings, it was always going out and, you know, buying things to to give out. You know, bonuses, my bonus wasn't my bonus. It was to give back to my employees. Because at the end of the day, I didn't do the work. They did the work. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, um, you know, praising them, you know, sometimes it, it don't even have to be monetary or giving them something. Uh, Hey, look, you did awesome today. And by doing awesome, you know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, uh, next week let's talk about, you know, let's see what else you can do. There was this one girl that started there. She was a, a late night, a late night server. And I moved her up. And like I say, you have to be in the trenches. Right. And, you know, I was in the window when the food comes up. I'm preparing what needs to be prepared, calling the server. That way the people can get their food, no backup in the kitchen. I have eyes on the kitchen as well as the server. So I have eyes throughout the restaurant. Right. And, that young lady learned what I was doing. And the next week she said, I got it. I stepped back. She was the cashier. She was the host. She was in the window. She was doing it all. And now she is a, a paralegal at a law firm. Oh, wow. And, and that is the leadership that you show, that you demonstrate. And what they do, they go out there. Either they look for it 
or they do it themselves to get recognized. Right. Right. Oh wow, man. Wow. Yeah. That's good. You know, uh uh back in the day, back in who we nineties, I was a manager at the House of Pies restaurant. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure was, man. I was uh uh I trained over there off of I think it was Westheimer and something. Westheimer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh I was over there and then we opened up another one over near um Bissonette, uh across from uh Westwood Mall, that area. And yeah. then we went to another one out in nineteen sixty spring area, your area. It was on yeah. nineteen sixty and uh Studner or whatever Antoine turns into right there. Yeah. Yeah, right there. Yeah. But they it's a it's a oil place where it changes all at right now. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I and I'm familiar with all of them. <laughs> right. Where they were. Right, yeah. right. So uh so when you became a leader, did they give you any resources? You know none. <laughs> and some companies yeah. Some companies, it's not about, you know, building the leader in in you. It's about, you know, moving their company. And I think where companies fail is that there's not a bunch of leadership uh, courses or better yet, leadership meetings, uh, not only to make you a leader, mm -hmm. a good, solid leader. Right. You know, they just, some companies throw you in and it's like, okay, you have the experience. You know, go for it. Uh, one of the things I love to learn, uh, the history of the company. Yes. You know, and that way, you know, learning the history of the company, it, you know, it makes it a whole lot better. Denny's, you know, was a company to where they opened up a state of the art store. Clyde Rucker is, uh, one of the upcoming franchisees ever. You know, he was a VP for Ford Motor. He was the president of Quiznos. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he owns 100 Jack in the Boxes and growing at almost 30-something Denny's. And he opened up a state-of-the-art, the last Denny's that I was at, and I had the opportunity of opening the Denny's with a drive through with a headset. Um, you know, the tablets, wow. uh, all that. And, you know, he entrusted me, uh, you know, with that. And, you know, because I was a, a great leader, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, you know, of course, they always have their people. But, you know, he really entrusted me to open it. And I treated it like it was mine. It, it's, look, it's my business until I give you the keys back. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. So as a leader, what was your uh, greatest accomplishment so far? <laughs> so far. So my greatest accomplishment would not be in the retail or the food industry. My greatest accomplishment would be in volunteering. Wow. Um, well, let's talk about that. I, I was asked to uh, be the PTO president of a school that you know, they had a PTO. The PTO kind of messed them over over the years. And I was like, okay, okay. So 
at first I was like, oh man, I can't do this. And then it was like, okay, you know, Title I school, meaning that, you know, the area around where the kids are bust in are, you know, in poverty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I came up with this thing for Fridays. It was called Popcorn and Pickles. Dollar popcorn, dollar pickles. And you have 743 kids. So you do the math. That's some serious money. Right. Because they're buying popcorn and a pickle. Mm-hmm. So some kids wasn't, wasn't getting, you know, they didn't have the money. So I was like, okay, what can we do? Because I need to see the parents and how the parents involved. So we did a talent show. Oh man. You know, we made $10,000 on a talent show. How then much? we had $10,000 on a talent show. Wow. And then we had a dance, you know, uh, uh, for the moms and the dads. And I, if I tell you that didn't bring out their pimp suits and everything else <laughs> to come, but it was amazing. Right. So on a scale from that, we had field day. Mm. And most of this was funded by me. It was The money for PTO was made off of my money and I just got my money back. Um, and the first year we made $32,000 on a field day. I had to do several runs to uh, Sam's Club because parents were sending their kids to school with $100 bills to be able to enjoy field day. Wow. And a lot of times people think, and restaurant and retail people have that mindset. As a leader, hey, I'm not going to put my store in the woodlands because why? Those people have money. They have a taste of food that they want. Put it in a low-line area. Like, again, like 1960, Mm -hmm. uh, the Antoine area. Mm -hmm. Put it there. Those people can't get, you know, or probably don't fit in in the woodlands. But most of your businesses... That are, that are very successful. So get Foot Locker now. They're out of the mall. And where are they at? Hmm. They're in low-line neighborhoods. Wow. That's where the money's at. Exactly. Oh, so that's where, my P- yeah. that's where my PTO went. And um, I got countless awards uh, there. And from there, they asked me intake on, you know, some of these board meetings and everything else. And Little old me was able to help pass a bond for three hundred and thirty something million for the district to get the district more buses to get radios in the police cars a better phone system and building night night grade campuses. So the staple in the community as a leader, right? You know, is 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 there, and I think that alone, me volunteering that time, you know, carries a big name. My bad neighbor in the neighborhood is the superintendent of the school of Spring IC when I was doing all the work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she just tells me, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know, for doing what you do. And I still do it. I don't volunteer as much, but I still do it because it's extremely important 
because it shows what type of leader you are. You have to give your time to the community. Right. Wow, that's awesome. What does what does God play a role in your life? Well, well, yeah, yeah. You know, we grew up at yeah at uh, Magnolia <laughs> at, at the Magnolia and Rising Sun. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's where, right. Yeah. Where where D would play the piano. Those are churches. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I, I grew up there, and I'm I'm thankful that. I grew up the first person knowing God. Right. You know, I never walk into a building that I'm managing or overseeing without taking, extending my right hand on that door frame and sweeping the blood of Jesus over it. Because number one, I want Jesus to be here. Because if Jesus is here, hey, nothing else can be in the building. Right. And, uh, I think religion is a is a really big part of my life. Uh, my pastor told me that if a business consumes you, get out of it. Mm. And it is true because a business will consume you no matter what type of leader you are. If you can't sleep at night as a leader, you can just move around and get out of it because it's not for you. So... Uh, I constantly pray. Uh, it's something that, you know, all the matriarchs in my, in my life, you know, has, uh, has taught me. Right. Right. If you could do anything differently, what would it be? Oh, man. If I can do anything differently, you know, are you talking about as being in, in work history? Or, yeah, yeah, work history. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anything different? I would create two things. I would create that way leaders and managers don't have the stress on making sure when someone is let go, you report it to a system. That system gives you a picture of the work history. Whether or not they put it on the resume of the application, it gives them a visual mm. of what has happened. Wow. And not only that, I would create something to where leaders, the managers, the assistant managers, that way they can go to some type of conference. That way they can be empowered to go back to whatever they're doing, you know, to make sure that they look. I got this, you know, this is what I'm going to do better, you know, to make myself look like a leader. You have to be a leader amongst leaders. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So last thing, what is the best piece of advice for someone pursuing a leadership role? Go in open. Mm. Don't go in thinking that, hey, look, you know, I managed my pops, you know, corner store. Mm -hmm. You can't. You ha Because in this day and age, you have all walks of life. You have, you have to understand your people coming in because there's pronouns and there's people that, you yeah. know, on the LGBT side mm -hmm. that, they may have a different name. 
mm-hmm. you have to respect that and honor that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going with an open mind and let them build the leader that you should be. And that is one of the greatest things ever because I went in with people building me to make me the leader that I am. Um, there's people that call me, hey, where are you at? I need, I, I want to come work for you. I've only had to fire in 31 years, two people. Wow. Wow. That's good. Yeah. I think that no matter who they are, you have to treat them like a person. It doesn't that's matter. True. It doesn't matter. Black, white, green, whatever. Treat yeah, them and ev- like a person. And everybody has problems. Right. You know, everybody has problems. You know, I, when people say, oh, I don't have, a, you know, someone that's, you know, on drugs in my family. You're why because you do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and Absolutely. As, lo- as long as you can understand that this may be one of mine. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have a problem. Uh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know how, another way how I look at it, man, because, you know, I have daughters, I have sons, I have grandkids, you know, and so I'm always like, hey, you know, I got to treat this person uh well, good, because you never can tell. Somebody can, the same thing, my daughter might be in the same situation. And those things exactly. are like a boomerang, you know what I'm saying? What goes around comes around. Karma. And, Karma. you know, that that is one of the things that, you know, my, my kids feel as though they can't work for nobody <laughs> because they know that daddy has, is this type of manager. And, you know, this is how that person should be. And uh, one of them, uh, bless our heart, <laughs> you know, it's like, Betty, I just couldn't do it. They weren't doing it like you. And that is extremely important because one person is getting it that you're not doing right. That's one person too many. Right. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the Icon Leadership Show, man. I really appreciate you. And this is awesome. Yes, sir. You well, will. thank you for having me. Hey, man, no problem. Thank you, everyone, for being on, for listening to the Icon Leadership Podcast. You can find the show anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com, or you can email us at iconleadership at gmail.com, or our website, which is iconleadership.org.